You're listening to the Autism Weekly Podcast. Each week, we share community voices and bring light to stories that increase awareness, acceptance, equity, access, and inclusion. If you haven't already, subscribe to join the Autism Weekly family. I'm your host, Jeff Skabitsky. This week, we welcome Chrisanne Black, the founder of The Club Zeus for People with Disabilities. It is quite challenging for people who have disabilities to adjust to an accommodating world. Many institutions, entertainment areas, and other public locations lack the accessibility features needed to assist individuals with disabilities. Chrisanne took action after growing weary of witnessing how difficult it was for her child and others like him to find a welcoming atmosphere. In this nightclub, she hosts a dance party once a month for people 18 and older. People can visit and take part in dancing, drinking, and being in a welcoming and secure environment. Chrisanne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me. I really appreciate you. No, it's it's my pleasure. And this is such a unique undertaking that you took, is that the idea of, I guess, the idea of inclusion and acceptance, oftentimes there's a hindrance to that even people getting there. And that hindrance is accessibility. It's creating the right environment. But before we go there, I want to know how you actually decided to take this on. I mean, what is it about your life that drove you to say, I want to create this environment for my child and for others? Yeah, early on. So I started my career in the early 2000s. I was actually a caregiver for several years uh, and I gradually moved up within the field I started Um, focusing more on case management. And then I became a director of an agency and I was there for about 10 years. And um, throughout my career, I was super involved in understanding the law pertaining to individuals with special needs and really trying to understand myself, how I could be the best fit and how I could be the best support and advocate for people that I serve. And um, when I became pregnant in 2017 with my fifth son, I was teaching Article 9 classes, which here in the state of Arizona is a law for uh, protecting individuals with special needs um, and really helping to inform their caregivers about the um, challenges that they may face. And in one of my classes, I specifically said, you know, with the rate of autism growing, the likelihood that the child that I'm carrying could potentially have autism is greater, not knowing that several years later he would be diagnosed with autism. And so Um, Having had a full spectrum perspective in this field with working and now becoming a mom to a child with special needs, I feel like it's really given me uh, an opportunity to say where in all of the years that I've been in this field have I seen the biggest lack. And it's always been in outside activities, extracurricular activities for adults, because with children, there's still a level of... um, a level of protection with regards to their health and their status. And, you know, folks are less likely to ask questions when it's a child, but when it's an adult, I feel like that's when the division starts. And so it's so unfortunate. One of the things that I, you know, try my hardest to express to people who are unfamiliar with individuals with special needs is there is no them and us. We are one. And I think the sooner that we really try to identify that, Yes, some of us may not have been exposed as much as others, but there is no division amongst us. I I think that quickly helps to break down those walls of 
separation and saying, oh, well, this is for individuals with special needs. I want my dance to be for everyone, but geared towards providing uh, the safe, inclusive environment where people that have special needs can access it. They have a restroom that's accessible for them, that they have facilities that are, are um, designated for their um, special accommodations. And so I think with, you know, in working in all of these areas, I thought, okay, a dance would be something that um, a lot of people like, but bigger than a dance, I wanted it to be a nightclub. I wanted it to feel like a place where adults could come, let their hair down, dance, sing, have a great time. And so far we've had five dances and in those five dances, it's gradually progressed to a place where people are feeling more and more like themselves. They come in, they feel like it's home. Um, early on, one of the things that I had said was in creating this, I said, I really want it to feel like cheers. I want it to feel like a place where somebody walks in and everybody knows their name <laughs> and they're welcome to do whatever makes them feel comfortable. And, um, you know, over the summer, my family and I, we uh, took a small little vacation and we went to a water park. And so my four older children who are neurotypical, we're all playing and having a good time meeting with other strangers, you know, children that they'd never met before. And they developed small relationships in the couple hours that we were there. And also in those few hours, I recognized that I had to constantly explain Zeus's diagnosis. I had to constantly explain reasoning for his behavior. Um, because at that time we were really struggling with uh, helping him communicate. He wanted so badly to communicate with us and it was affecting him through his behavior. And so I caught myself repeating the same phrase over and over to all the families that he would interact with their children. I would say, you know, he's on the spectrum. We're really working hard to try to, you know, correct some of these behaviors. I'm sorry that he splashed your child in the face or he snatched their toy, you know, without asking. And, um, you know, it got so exhausting. And I just, I quickly was able to recognize that with my four other children, they were able to just play leisurely. There was no judgment, there was no questions. Um, and they were able to really develop organic relationships. Even my little girl, she's super funny. She said, mom, can you get this little girl's phone number so that we can play again? And they live in a whole nother state. And uh. <laughs> but it's just that mindset that, you know, she recognizes that there's an opportunity to connect with somebody in the future because of our technology. And it dawned on me that, you know, Zeus might not have that same opportunity or that same feeling that he, he would want to do that, or he would probably want to, but he would be unable to communicate it. And I thought, oh man, I'm really going to be instrumental in developing some of his relationships and fostering those relationships so that they last throughout his life. Mm -hmm. But even, even the, the path that you took getting there and just listening to, you know, all of the, all the struggles that led to say, you know, I'm going to tackle this issue. There are invisible walls almost that are set up and it's, it's not, I don't think always cognizant. I don't think that we want to create the walls, but somebody might see your son Zeus and he might be engaging in some behaviors. And instead of just engaging with him and being a part of his life, they're trying to understand how he's going to, how he's going to be a part of the environment. How can I, I'm not used to seeing him here. I'm not used to seeing him at a water park at a dance club. 
And the more that we create these safe environments, the more they become normalized so that we're not saying that there shouldn't be inclusion. We're not saying, oh, it's odd to see somebody different than me in an environment. It becomes yeah. welcoming. And I appreciate the fact that you're taking this on because you have to break down these walls over time. Have you found that in order for the for it to be successfully integrated and to provide that super happy moment that there's changes that you've had to do to the environment of your club or yeah. ways to be able to support differently? Absolutely. So um, in searching for our venue, we had to make sure that it was wheelchair accessible, that the doors allowed for individuals to get through clear, uh, that the that the restrooms were large enough for somebody to go in if they needed assistance with um, toileting or any of that, you know, transferring. Um, so we really took all of those things into consideration. Um, and I think with the location that we have now, we're super blessed that people are are able to find it. They're able to get in there without any issues, and they're having a great time. I think one of the things that I really considered was what are some of the things that prevent me from wanting to go to a traditional nightclub here in town? And um, I think we were able to identify really bringing some cool aspects that normal nightclubs don't have. So we provide a hot meal for everybody who comes with the pay with their purchase of their ticket. They get dessert, they get free drinks. We're a non-alcoholic environment because it's 18 and up, but uh, we make mocktails. And so they have a great time drinking their fancy drinks. And, you know, really, I've noticed that, you know, everybody says the same thing. Families, friends, they'll say, I just feel like I can dance and nobody's watching. And if they are, they're not judging me. And I thought, how beautiful that even if you're being watched, you know, they're not watching you in a malicious way, or you don't have that feeling, that uh, insecurity. And so for me, I think that's one of the, the biggest highlights that we've been able to achieve is watching moms and dads um, stand in the crowd and watch their kids sing their favorite songs on karaoke and you know they get to be the star for the night and you know we all it's just such a positive loving environment that um i really am super blessed that we've been able to create and and keep the momentum going no absolutely and i mean it's got to be discouraging at times if you if you need a wheelchair to be able to access a building and the building's doors aren't wide enough or you don't have the ramp it's like okay so i don't get to participate Absolutely. in all the activities everybody else wants to enjoy for some reason there's this barrier society has created for me that tells me i can't have fun there and same thing for for children that identify autistic it's you know i want to be out there dancing I want to be out there. I want to have a mocktail. I might want to have a cocktail if I'm of age. I mean, it's why can't I have that experience? Why are there limiting barriers? Why can't we create this inclusive environment? Why can't we open the doors to the world? Um, is is part of the mission of Club Zeus, is it to try and make sure that, you know, those that are neurotypical or maybe are are have different abilities is that they're able to be able to engage in the same activities and that the space is open to everybody or is it just for people that have disabilities or identify as neurodiverse actually we have it open to uh, to the public um but we really specify that you know this party is intended with a good heart and i think that's where 
Um, if the public chooses to come and engage with us, we'd love to have them come and party with us. Um, but we really want to identify and we want to still have a level of protection over the individuals that we work with and that we serve. I think, you know, in all the years that I've taught Article 9, you know, one of the things that we have to be weary of is, um, you know, individuals that have malicious intent. And so I think that was a big part of making sure that we created a, a safe public but small environment where we're still able to kind of observe and monitor and make sure that people are safe. Uh, we do take all of those things into consideration. But I think, yeah, it's having moms and dads and cousins and uncles and people come out and just show their support and their love for their loved one. And I think eventually I, my goal is that it catches like a wildfire and that there are more uh, dances out there, that there are more social engagement opportunities for our folks and that, you know, we're not limited to just once a month. Uh, and I think that's a that's an absolute great goal to have. I think that the more that people are able to emulate what you're doing to be able to take that, not just in the dance club world, but to do it in sporting venues, to do it in acting groups, to be able to create the opportunity. And then I think acceptance and inclusion follows. If accessibility is there, now it's normalized for me to see everybody in the same environment. So I'm not shocked. I'm not trying to create a, a false barrier. Is that yeah. instead it's, hey, these are these are my people. Like everybody is my person and I want to be able to engage with everyone. So how did you come up with the name? I mean, I'm guessing it's after your son, but yeah. is, is that is that Club Zeus? Is Zeus a dancer? Zeus is a dancer. He's a singer. Uh, he is just a, a ball of life. And, you know, I think with his, he's just got such a beautiful name. And when I was thinking of names, I thought, well, definitely don't want to call it Club Chrisan. Nobody will come. Uh, it doesn't sound like a very fun name, but Club Zeus, you know, I think for him, I just, there's so many goals and so many visions and, and dreams that I have for him, but I know that his dreams are going to be bigger than mine. And the fact that we're able to really knock down a lot of these walls and say, like you just said, you know, acting, um, sports, it just, it's a shame that we've taken so long to get to that place of complete inclusion and complete understanding. And, but I also think it has to be an organic thing in order for it to be a successful, um, to have successful longevity. And so like with my children, with my four older kids, um, it's so beautiful to watch when we go out into the community. Uh, we were at a birthday party not too long ago, and um, when Zeus got into the bounce house, right away the kids, my children, were telling the other kids in the jump house, you know, hey, you need to be careful with my brother. Um, and, you know, they would try speaking with him, and he wouldn't respond, and right away they came to his, to his defense and to advocate for him, and they said, you know, he has autism. He doesn't, he won't communicate with you, but he knows what, he, what you're saying, and you know, so they were, I just was so blessed to be able to witness them educating other little kids so that there is no more bullying, so that there is no more um, misunderstandings. I think a lot of times, you know, we're scared of things we don't know. And so helping to really educate kids and, and educate other individuals in our community so that they are exposed. A lot of people don't recognize that they're exposed in certain ways because not everybody wears a badge describing what their disability or abilities are. And so I feel like, you know, it, we're getting to that place where we're going to be able to uh, recognize that there's going to be limitless possibilities for all of our folks and that there's not going to be a struggle to get through that door. 
No, and, and I actually, I, I think that I see this all the time, and I actually catch myself at times making assumptions. And one of the things that probably you've utilized quite a bit with Club Zeus is being able to really ask the community what it is that's going to make their time better. It's not me presuming, hey, well, I should be doing A, B, or C. It's looking at and talking with the community and understanding what's important to them. And you have such a diverse community. What are some of the things in particular that that maybe you've learned through the process of kind of interviewing, asking, watching, observing that you're like, oh, wow, I had no idea that this is what people were looking for. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, early on after our uh, third dance, I was receiving some amazing emails and I'll share those with you later um, where folks were just reaching out and they were saying, you hit the nail on the head. And I thought, wow, you know, this to me, it was, first of all, I was expecting a lot of feedback about things we could alter or things that we could make better. And um, the general consensus was that they were just so pleased to have a place where they could be themselves. And, you know, from some of the letters that I received, you know, they were saying it's, you know, I'm 38 years old and I've always looked for a place like this. I'm 60 years old and I've always looked for a place like this. And um, as grateful as I am to hear that beautiful feedback, I still follow up with, but how can we make it better? What else would you like to see? What else can we do? Um, and so, you know, some of the folks, they'll say, well, maybe put the food in a well-lit area. So we did that, you know, we changed that kind of early on, but for the most part, it's just um, basic aesthetics to try to make things easier for them to, to access. But for the most part, they're, feedback is that they're just so grateful to have a place where they can kick their heels up, have a great time and, and feel loved and welcome. And I think one of the things that I do um, pretty well in, I work in community relations is that um, I really not just try to relate to our community, but I try to support them. I try to really foster everything that they need. And I think, you know, providing them with an ear, a hug, um, recognizing them, showing excitement that they're there is such a big influence in how they feel received. Yeah, and I think that we all want that opportunity to be able to kind of be ourselves, enjoy everything around us. And oftentimes is that there's a heavy clinical role of what's occurring within everybody's lives when they have any sort of different ability or neurodiversity is that there's a, there, we're trying to establish skills. And you sometimes forget that the most important thing is opening up worlds and opening up opportunities. And it sounds like this has been the focus of that. Have, have you heard feedback on, you know, just because I've had this confidence or I went to the dance and I started feeling more like myself, that this allowed me to do A, B, or C socially in the, in the environment around, or this really helped my esteem to be able to carry this on beyond the dance club? Absolutely. I've had some folks reach out that have attended that have asked um, to start helping with fundraising, uh, that they want to get out there and they really want to, you know, be a voice for the club. And I just think that's incredible because from what they've shared, that's not typically their personality is to go out and talk to strangers, but they're ready and willing. And they ask me, you know, let me know when you want to go out and pass out flyers. We'll go with you. 
which is so beautiful because again, you know, they want other, they want to show other people what a great time that they've had and, and have them experience it as well. Um, yeah, I've had a, a grandmother reach out to me and said she hadn't seen her grandson this happy in so long. And, you know, he's an adult and you know, they're very close. And so she said, you know, however I can help keep this going, please let me know because um, this is what I want for him. I had a mom text me on Sunday morning this past Sunday. We had a dance this past Saturday where we reached capacity. We were at 160 people. And, um, you know, this mom, she pulled me to the side during the dance and she said, are you Chrisanne? And I said, yeah. And she goes, oh, I just want to thank you so much. She said, you know, my daughter's having a really wonderful time. And I thought, oh, that's great. Well, she followed it up with a text message the following day and said, you know, typically my daughter won't leave my side. And she was in the next room, you know, dancing her heart away. And it was like nobody else was there. And so, you know, to me, that's the most rewarding part of all of this is just, you know, having families. Because again, with seeing the rejection that Zeus was facing at the water park this past summer, it was just a, a very quick glimpse to what our future would be like. And I thought, how many other parents have felt this level of rejection and have just been chugging along and dealing with this for so long? And I thought, if a couple of parents can feel a level of relief and a level of comfort in their heart that their babies are being accepted, then that's the best, that's the best goal I could ever achieve. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're achieving it, but that's exactly where my mind went was, you know, there's there's so much disappointment already in the world. And the last thing as a parent that I ever want to see is my child feeling like they don't have a place. They don't have the chance to be successful. And just hearing these stories and hearing the parents' response to it as well, not just the child who's enjoying it and the young adult who's having a blast in the time of their life, but the parent who has been looking for that opportunity just to see pure joy on their oh, child's yeah. face. I mean, I would be, I'd be kind of like asking to be like a, a fly on the wall just to watch my child just kind of be and just express themselves and feel accepted and everything that you're creating. So, I mean, I applaud what you're, what you're working on and what you're, what you're building. What do you tell these families? What do you tell the or the even the people that are wanting to potentially come to the club about recreating this environment or continuing this environment beyond the club? And how do you help them to advocate for more inclusion? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, a lot of families are really picking up the ball and they're running with it, um, you know, with regards to setting up dates outside. So we had a speed dating opportunity in November and we had some folks that matched up and they sent me pictures of themselves out on their dates. Um, you know, I think a lot of families are recognizing that it's possible for them to do it. Um, sometimes it just takes one person to kind of get the ball rolling and then they say, well, hey, if she could do it, I could do it. And so yeah, I'm really hearing a lot of positive feedback from families that are saying, I want to start um, a sewing group, you know, where people can come together and learn skills and different trades. Um, I've had people say that they want to start movie nights. Um, and so it's just so beautiful because that was the entire focus of it was, you know, let me facilitate a night that we get together, but then you guys run with it, you know, go out to eat, go out to the movies, go to festivals, concerts, 
you know, make it a place where we just, you know, congregate and then you can take it out. And so um, this past weekend, a couple of moms were messaging me saying that their kids were swapping um, Facebook profiles with other people and becoming Facebook friends. So again, it's just, you know, really creating that level of exposure for our folks to be able to say, you know, I feel comfortable enough to ask somebody for this. And um, again, I just feel like we've really created a beautiful environment where rejection doesn't exist. And, I, and what I hope comes of this is that you've actually opened a variety of people's minds, but then they're opening doors for this to happen within their communities. And and it doesn't, I mean, you've done the dance club, but you've done it great, but it could be anything where it's just saying, you know, if I open one door, Whoever went through that door is now going to start opening five, six doors on their own because now they feel empowered. And that's what we want for our communities. Is that, That's what I want for my children is, hey, yes. somebody open the door for them yeah. so that they can start exploring and feeling confident that they belong. And it sounds like for Zeus is that you're already creating these environments. So um, I do want to give you a chance because it sounds like you're so involved in the community. Um, and that you have a really good understanding of, you know, that social impact of what's going on. Um, part of the challenge that we're seeing right now, and and it's happening everywhere, is just mental health is is kind of a hindrance for a lot of people to be able to go and engage in nightclubs, to go and put them out there socially, to create a community around them. What what do you feel like is needed out there on the mental health side? to be able to really empower people? Well, with regards to mental health, I think, you know, so many of us are uneducated on what it be, what it means. You know, I always try to explain to people that are doubtful or are kind of negative when it comes to mental health support. I say, well, have you ever lost a friend or a family member and you've experienced grief and somebody said, get over it? Or, you know, it's been four years since your father passed, let it go. And you say, how dare you, you know, and again, we don't associate that it's a level of mental health support, but anytime there's a decline in, in healthy supports, you're going to have mental health issues. And so I feel like a lot of times with our, in DDD specifically in working with people with developmental disabilities is that um, families lack the supports and they don't know how to ask for them. They feel embarrassed. They feel ashamed. Like they should be doing this all by themselves um, you know, we've really broken away from a village mentality, which is so terrible for um, our natural supports, as we start to call them, you know, unpaid supports. We don't have, you know, grandmas and grandpas offering to provide care for free. So that's why you're seeing such a huge spike in attendant and habilitation services for our folks. But, you know, I always try to explain to people that I, I recognize with the financial impact of having to work you might not be able to provide those hands-on care, but I always try to explain to people, research, find out how you can stimulate your own economy in your own home. If like in my situation, my oldest son is a provider for Zeus, which is such a huge benefit because if not, I would have to have a stranger come into the house to provide his care, which could greatly impact me. If I already suffer from a high, uh, high level anxiety, now I've got a stranger coming into my home. How am I going to function as a parent? How am I going to reciprocate any type of um, emotions or supports to my kids if I'm not receiving those supports. And so I think 
With regards to special needs, we really have to focus on not just providing supports for the individual who is affected, but the entire family, because essentially the family is affected. Um, I think in a great part of what I really want to focus on is helping families to reach out, ask for help, ask for advice, um, seek each other for support, offer barter and trade amongst each other so that it's not such a, a, a hardship to carry. Because in my situation, I'm super blessed. You know, my husband is, um, he's an incredible guy. He's also, he's a licensed caregiver as well. And so he um, is able to provide a lot of understanding and supports because he's familiar with this. But for some families, if the father is a trucker or outside of this field, they might not get why it's so heavy to do what we do. And so I feel like really helping to engage the community, grow in uh, supporting each other organically so that we don't necessarily need paid services, but we can come together and say, hey, do you, it looks like you need some time off let me come in and provide some service unpaid to you. And then maybe in a couple of weeks when I need that help, you can come help me out and then we can serve each other in that way. Um, and again, growing our villages is a huge thing because there is no reason why we should have separation of them and us. It's all of us together. And I feel like with the younger generation, it's going to be so much more fluid for them to do something like that compared to my generation or older where you know, it's very much like, oh, that's the special ed class. That's the, you know, and again, really breaking down those walls to where it's like, you know, this is just a class for individuals who might need a little extra support. I think I want to go work in that class. I want to get involved and not creating those, um, those lines of division. No, no, absolutely. And I think that those ideas uh, should continue to be amplified is the idea that, you know, we need to take care of ourselves first before we take care of others is that even in day to day life, when I'm not sleeping well, when I'm not eating well, guess what? I am not my best self. And Absolutely. if you add stressors on, I couldn't, I mean, it's 24 seven job taking care of a child. And if you are not taking care of yourself first, good luck. <laughs> I even say to myself, like, man, you know, all the years that I was in this field, whether it was as a caregiver, as a trainer, as a director, um, it holds no weight to being a mother of a child with special needs. It's mm -hmm. a very different ballgame. And, you know, all those years before I used to give advice, unsolicited and probably unwarranted advice to people. And I would say, well, you should do it like this. And how come you don't do it like that? And now that the shoe's on the other foot, I say to myself, oh, my gosh, I had no business speaking. I should have just stayed quiet. I should but, you know, I think in in observing all of the families that I've worked with, that's the huge need right now is that, again, caseworkers come in and they provide as much support as they can for the individual. But then they see mom who's struggling, who's barely keeping it together, and they wonder why there's behaviors. They wonder why there's a disconnect or and it's like, well, we really have to start encompassing the entire family. And I get that there's always going to be a money issue involved in it, but I say to myself, well, again, where are those organic, natural supports and how could Club Zeus become that? You know, I would love for, pa for parents who are burnt out to be able to feel a level of comfort to say, you know what, I feel comfortable dropping my child off here, my adult child off here, um, and that they're going to be safe and that they're going to have a great time and I can come back and pick them up. Mm -hmm. One of the that was told to me that uh, really impacted me was from one of the gentlemen who's been at our dances from the beginning is that um, 
he loves that we don't treat him like we're paid staff. And that's one of the things that he really emphasized is, you know, in his entire life, any activity that he participated in, he always felt like somebody felt obligated to be there. There wasn't a natural uh, want. And with our group, um, even all of our volunteers, one of the biggest things that I really emphasize to them is um, have a great time with everybody here, dance with everybody, sing with everybody, um, you know, don't ever make it feel like you're their helper you know, they can do on their own. And if they need your help, they'll ask you for it. And yep. so they've done a really good job of just treating everybody like a peer. And I think that's what's, you know, kind of keeping us successful is that people can sense that, that there's no level of obligation to be with us. Yeah, I mean, a great culture and a good view on the the perspective of, you know, what we're really there for and mission. I mean, it yeah. takes you a long way. So where can people learn more about Club Zeus and about the work that you've been doing? Yeah, they can check us out at um, on Facebook at Club Zeus AZ. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll be getting a website up and running pretty soon. Um, we actually have a fashion show that we're putting together for 2023. We're very excited. It's called Fashionability. And uh, we really want to showcase um, clothing that helps individuals who may need some assistance in other areas, whether it's Velcro clothing, snap clothing, um, zippered clothing. And, um, you know, we just want to make it a very inclusive environment so that we have clothing for all, all individuals, but all of our models will have um, a special ability. So I'm very excited about that. Well, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate everything that you've been doing, and I appreciate you coming on. I wish that I had a little piece of your brain and all that creativity going on, but, you know, I, I don't know that I can borrow that. So, but thank you so much, Chrisanne. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you guys so much for having me. I hope you have a blessed day. Uh, you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Autism Weekly. We hope you tune back in next week to learn more about autism in the real world. Autism Weekly is now found on all the major listening apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Subscribe to be notified when we post a new podcast. Autism Weekly is produced by ABS Kids. ABS Kids is proud to provide diagnostic assessments and ABA therapy to children with developmental delays like autism spectrum disorder. You can learn more about ABS Kids and the Autism Weekly podcast by visiting abskids.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you again next week.